0: I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and, and keep, keep moving forward. forward. How much you can take and, and keep moving forward.
1: Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters
0: on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to the Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's beautiful episode, I got to have my new buddy, Mr. Sean Croxton, on the show. Uh, Sean is a pretty fascinating fella, has a really interesting background and you might know him from underground wellness it's something like 10 million downloads he's one of the first guys on youtube breaking down health mysteries and such and uh, now he's breaking into more of the field of self-development, science of mind, things of that nature. And we got into all sorts of radical stuff in relation to those topics. You sit down for, for dinner with somebody, it takes me 15 minutes to
1: choose something off the menu. We have to become more decisive as just a, a nation, as a people, as a world. And if not, we're not going to have the success that we want. In order to get what you want, you have to decide what you want. And if you don't, you won't get it. You're gonna get Get something else you're just reaching into the grab bag of life and going okay well i'll just i'll settle for this you don't want to settle with your
0: life you have to decide I had a really fantastic time talking to sean Thank you so much for tuning in to the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there you will find hundreds of videos in self-care and functional movement. You'll find the self-care kit uh, in about a month. I'm going to say you're going to find the complete uh, series guide on functional movement inside of your home and all other aspects of your life. This concept of the music between the music, the notes between the notes. How do we break down into our movement practice so that Every aspect of our life. We are serving this functional goal of making our body longer, stronger, taller. All of those things we can do it, people. Come on now. Uh, so that'll be available sometime January. I'll keep you all posted on that. Uh, quote that I have, I got a handful of quotes actually. Uh, they're all from Ida Rolf. She's just one of my favorite people. She's she's highly quotatious I'd recommend checking her books out. Uh, first quote of the podcast. Uh, form and function are a unity, two sides of one coin. In order to enhance function, appropriate form must exist or be created. Uh, Dr. Andrew Still, father of osteopathy, broke into this stuff as well. She was, she was, um, they were related in, in many ways. And uh, so looking at, you could look at the function of our cardiovascular system, for example. You know, we end up having atherosclerosis or atherosclerotic plaque end up developing in portions of... Uh, you could call it uh, geometric complexity of our blood vessels would be a really fancy way of saying that. Uh, Katie Bowman is a great resource on this who we're going to have back on the show. We've had her on before as well, but uh, she's got a new book out as well. recommend checking that out. But yeah, so breaking into how can we align the geometry of our blood vessels? How can we align the geometry of our nervous system? How can we stack up all these pipes and tubes throughout our system so we can get full luscious flow all times. That's right, I said luscious. <laughs> um, what other quote do I have? Uh, something, let's see here. Oh, well, this is a good one, too. Uh, you can't get beyond the body unless you free the body itself. This is something I find very interesting. Oftentimes, we try to seek these out-of-body experiences, you know, using using psychoactive substances or what have you. Uh, I think there can be fantastic tools to to, to unwind our body, unwind our mind, but um, I think that we can get a lot out of actually digging into our body. You know, so kind of changing the language up and having in-body experiences to get to these higher realms of you could call it consciousness. That's that dirty dirty word consciousness. Um thanks so much for reviews on, on amazon i greatly appreciate that that is absolutely wonderful May, brings a tear to my eye and uh, helps the the algorithms know that people are listening and really helps spread the show so that's one of the best things you can do to help support the show next thing you do to support the show utilize the affiliate link on the right hand sidebar please anybody listening to this thing just go and bookmark it it's it's going to take you an extra 20 seconds of your time and then every time you pull your bookmark out to you go on amazon it links up to that. I get like 7 or 8% of the purchase, goes for the podcast, funds this thing, and I uh, really greatly appreciate it. Recently, a bunch of people buying some great books. Somebody bought 5 pounds of coconut butter. All that stuff gets dropped into the Align Podcast piggy bank, and it's awesome. It allows me to travel around, meeting up with people, and uh, keep this thing going. So, I really appreciate that. <sighs> Is there anything else? I think that could be it. Um... I'm moving to Santa Monica in tomorrow I'm driving down and packing up all my toys, slack line, gymnastic rings, yoga, swing, kettlebell, all my crap, throwing it into the, into the vehicle and uh, heading south. So I'll be passing through San Francisco and then uh, down to Santa Monica and looking for weird, wacky, eccentric, movement-related community. If any of you guys have got some information for me, let me know, uh, shoot me an email and uh, greatly appreciate that. So thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you guys. And uh, here we go. Mr. Sean Croxton. You can spend your whole life imagining ghosts, worrying about the pathway to the future, but all there will ever be is what's happening here. And the decisions we make in this moment, which are based in either love or fear. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality what we really want seems impossibly out of reach and ridiculous to expect so we never dare to ask the universe for it i'm just saying i'm the proof that you can ask the universe for it align podcast so the thing that i have witnessed in myself and and other people is kind of this this acceptance of of who i am you know and and not allowing ourselves to expand beyond what you perceive as as who i am I th- and there's there's some like People that say this in relation to, to fat loss and in relation to muscle in relation to the form that you are in your body, but also the financial form, also the relationship form, you know. And so being able to grow beyond what you perceive as yourself of the past, that's kind of like an interesting place. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? It's kind of like growing out of our shell, allowing ourselves to expand. Sometimes that's like a, it feels unsafe almost. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it does. I mean... Life or the way that we grow in life is by being unsafe, by, yeah. by getting out of the, the certainty and traveling into the unknown where you just don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the fun part of life. I think when we stay too safe, we really don't grow. And, you know, some of that lack of safety isn't, you know, our own doing. You know, sometimes parents get divorced and sometimes they leave and all that stuff, but you just deal with it. And instead of saying, this is my life, this is who I am, and this is who I'm always going to be and being a victim of your circumstances, 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 you lift yourself up and you keep moving forward. You know, you're going to have ups and downs and breakdowns and breakthroughs. But, um, you know, that's life. That's how it works. You can keep doing it or you can give up. It's just really your choice. You know, that's really our greatest power in life is that we have the ability to choose. And if you relinquish that power, um, that's on you. And so you can be victim all day, but you got to know the day you stop playing the victim, you can grow into something better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Was there any... specific books specific people you talk about bob proctor a lot is there anything that kind of helped you evolve yourself
1: yeah bob's my dude but um i i didn't get into personal development until i was maybe about 20 uh 20 27 or so yeah. Um, prior to that, I was just reading books about health and wellness and diet and stuff like that. But you know what book got me in a personal development was The Game by Neil Strauss. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. Because that book, where a lot of people will think it's all about getting girls, it's really yeah. not. It's really just kind of like a personal development book in disguise for dudes. And that's where I – learned about like Tony Robbins, or I learned about Robert Greene. I think I learned about Napoleon Hill from that book, or whether it be George Leonard. It just got me on a track where I was like, oh, well, let me read this book. And oh my God, look at all the key, the really good concepts in here that I can put into practice. Look at this new way of perceiving my life and my circumstances. And it just kind of led from book to book to book to book to book to book. book. And the more I'm able to learn, the more I'm able to grow. But in terms of like the seed for all of my personal development, I don't know, wisdom or knowledge, um, the game was the seed. Now. I'm a huge fan of Dr. John Demartini. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of, of Bob Proctor, Lisa Nichols. i starting to kind of get into the neuroscience part of it as well with uh, Dr. Sereni Pillay, his work. I'm actually getting into like the like really deeply spiritual stuff like Osho as well. Um, so so I read a lot and uh, it's fun. I've always been a big reader, but those are like the, the, the key people that I like to study right now.
0: Yeah. Is it John Demartini's got the <laughs> – quote, it's like your your thoughts make your feelings and your feelings make your actions and your actions make your your uh results results yeah reality yeah
1: i'm not sure if that's his the quote like that concept came from him it probably goes way back thousands of years to be honest (laughs) but when you think about just your life in general i mean that is the simple formula for your life like you said thoughts become feelings feelings become actions your actions become your results but what happens is people allow their results to dictate and govern their thoughts you know, the results shouldn't cause the thoughts, the thoughts should cause the results. And so when your results are causing your thoughts, then you're becoming a victim of circumstance, right? right? right. When your thoughts uh, govern your, your, your results, then you're becoming kind of more in control of your circumstances. Yeah. And that's what we want. You're never going to be in 100% control of your life, but you can be, um, I don't know, what do you call it? You can be a huge factor in, uh, in determining where your life goes and where it doesn't go.
0: Yeah, you heard a book called As a Man Thinketh. As a Man Thinketh. You got it. Boom. Boom. (laughs) This is a good book, man. Yeah, I love that book. And it's funny, man, now as I'm reading it, if I would have read that when I was like 16, I'd be like, this is bullshit. You know, like I I, I probably would have liked it. You know, I was at that point I like had discovered psychedelic mushrooms and stuff. So I probably would have appreciated it. But Um, I think I would have not appreciated it the same now. Now when I read that thing, I'm like, this is – this is the answers to the world. Like this is the yeah. keys, this is the keys of the castle. Yeah. You know, but a it's... man is a man is literally what he
1: thinks. His yeah. character being the complete sum <laughs> of his thoughts. This is a great book. I Isn't got all kind book? of versions of this book in here. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> I've given this book away to another people to a lot of people. Circumstance does not make the man; it reveals him to himself. Yeah. Men do not attract that which they want, but that which they are. Mm. Ooh. We,
0: I literally, amazing. I literally just highlighted the circumstance quote last night.
1: <laughs> real talking there. Yeah, I love this book so much that I had to get like the
0: special version with the um, gold pages and the tassel and stuff. There you go. I love tassels. Your uh, your book's a lot thicker than mine. I just got the Kindle version. It makes it seem like it's just a little pamphlet. Is there like other versions of I it? I don't do that Kindle bullshit. No, oh. um, I need real books. But um, that's that actually, I think has. Another book in here. I
1: think it's two books. Um, uh, it. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's four books. Eight Pillars four. of Prosperity, nice. James Allen, A Life in Brief, and then the works of James Allen, whatever that means. I actually have his uh, – it's not in here. It's in my bedroom, but it's like a super fat 1,000-something page volume of all of his works in it. Nice. Um, it'll take me the rest of my life to get through it. But
0: um, what I've read has been really good. He's a. He was a fantastic writer. I'm a big fan of writing. You could probably just skip middle school and just get that book and just focus on that for a couple years. I think that'd be a lot more.
1: Absolutely. It'll change your life. Yeah. Totally.
0: Yeah. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So are there there any other resources you can think of since you got the bookshelf?
1: Uh, If you really want to get into some deep, deep thinking, Thomas Troward's work is great. Uh, the Edenburg lectures, um, y- you're probably going to have to read it seven or eight times just to begin to understand what he's talking about. But when you do, you'll be blown away. Uh, let's see what else. You know who I also like is Joseph Murphy. There's a big, thick book right there called The Miracle Power of Your Mind. Mm. Um, slowly work your way through that one. His writing is on par with um, James Allen, and what he likes to do is um, interpret scripture so I went to Catholic school all my life and, you know, they kind of taught us that a man really did live in the belly of a fish, you yeah. know, and just stuff like that. And, you know, what he does is he kind of breaks it down to tell you what it really means instead of the literal approach to it. Mm-hmm. Um, someone else who does that is Neville Goddard. Uh, Neville's work is amazing. He's got a book called – I'll give it to you in just a second. Ah, uh, I can't wait. Here it is. I'm about to walk and totally tear my laptop off, <laughs> off the desk.
0: <laughs> <Sometimes> <laughs> totally <about> to worth it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um I can't remember. He has a thick book called The Power of Imagination. He was all about the imagination. He actually believes that in the Bible, um, Jesus is kind of like a metaphor for the imagination. Whether you believe that or not is totally up to you. But the way that he writes about it, if you just kind of just get into it, you might enjoy the way that, that he writes about it. Um, but but, but that's, 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 those are the core ones that I like, yeah. I guess.
0: There's a yeah. quote from somebody smart. I don't remember his name, but it was uh, books or reading is the axe that hacks away the, the ice around your soul, or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. But right. I feel that. It. <laughs> it gives you, I mean, it just gives you a new state of awareness. I mean, right. that's what
1: life is about, just becoming more aware because the more aware you are, um, the more centered you are, and you actually get to shift your perception. You know, what we see isn't all that's there you know what we see and what we perceive is really based on those beliefs that we kind of inherited or learned as children and pretty much what we do from there is we just look out into the world for evidence of what we think to be true a lot of times these these beliefs are completely unconscious and we don't even know that they're there but having that awareness that oh Why do I believe this? You know, just kind of putting your beliefs on the stand, you know, for cross-examination really goes a long way in your life instead of making everything right and wrong. Like you might be calling things wrong right now, but if I were to ask you, why is it wrong? You'd be like, I don't know. Um, that's just kind of what I learned. That's what my mom and dad taught me, you know, before I was five or six years old and before we're five or six, that's when the subconscious mind and those beliefs, they really get locked in. Mm -hmm. And whenever we try to do something that's counter than those ingrained, um, unconscious beliefs, uh, we tend to sabotage ourselves and we get frustrated. And that's kind of like the story of everybody's lives. You know, consciously thinking that they want to do something, doing it for a few days and then finding themselves back at where they started. And it happens over and over and over again. And so, um, you know, that's something I, I like to study a lot. Bob Proctor's work has a lot to do with that, with just shifting those paradigms. And it takes a lot of work, but it's
0: certainly doable. Yeah. What kind of paradigms are you still presently working with as you're you know, when you, what do you notice? <clears throat> what kind of paradigms am I working with? <clears throat>
1: Um, I have an issue with people. I don't trust people very much, Right. you know, when I, I meet people, I'm kind of like, mm, I kind of have to feel them out. Um, just not, a. am working. I have a love hate relationship with people. Like I love people, but at the same time, um, I don't think I've ever talked about this before. Um, people, people do and say stupid stuff, <laughs> you know, having a, a business on the internet, where you know you get to read people's comments and stuff like that, and you get random emails from people. It's kind of like, man, like, what what the hell is going on with people? Like what's the deal? Yeah. Um, you know, especially when they're anonymous, and it's like, damn, like this is what people do and say when they're anonymous, like what's really going through their heads? Um that's something that i I've kind of struggled with over the last you know nine or ten years of being online. It's like, man, what the hell is going on? Um, so I work on that every single day, just kind of just being more open with people and just kind of just letting them be with, with no judgment at all. Um, that's a tough one that I have. Jeez. Um, Other than that, I mean, I can't really think of anything right off the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure some of these are just probably still subconscious.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I found with that, I've done a lot of like backpacking, traveling, hitchhiking all, all over the world. And uh, in that experience of getting into random cars, getting into random houses, sleeping in random rooms, and all that stuff, it's almost impossible not to start to trust and appreciate people because they become your mm-hmm. lifeline. It's right. what, I, what I find is the wealthier a person becomes, the more isolated they can become from the outside world. Because, right. bitch, I got everything I need here. Like I don't need to go outside, you know. But mm-hmm. then you get into those those kind of like poor countries, and they actually have a lot more kind of from, like, a relationship and trust and community mm-hmm. kind of perspective. Gotcha. I mean, you know, it's, I'm not giving you any advice, but, but is that um, – Did you just got off of a traveling trip, right? You said you had, like
1: – That was in January, so it was a little, a little while ago. Yeah, I went to Guatemala for just a few days. It was nice. Yeah. It was hot. It was hot, and, like, I was super, like um, – paranoid of mosquitoes and getting the Zika virus, right. but you no, know, other than that, it was cool. Yeah.
0: Did you witness that at all when you were in Guatemala? Did I witness Zika? No, no, not the Zika, but just the, just kind of like that, that glimmer in people's eyes when they, when they're depending oh. on, 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 depending on their community, you well, know, if they don't, they're, it was they're so, it was so interesting
1: because in some communities, you went to five different schools when I was there, all in different locations. And in some communities, especially the kids, the kids are like, oh, my God!" and they were just super happy and super friendly. And they wanted to take pictures and they wanted to hold our phones. And then in other communities, it was like they didn't want to have their picture taken. Um, They had a different look in their eye. It's a different thing going on. It was it was really interesting just to kind of see the difference among the communities that were there um but i do feel you the people who were nice were super super nice the people who were standoffish were super super standoffish so it was kind of interesting to see the juxtaposition there of the are. different
0: communities boom that's twice <laughs> yeah. i hope i did it right yeah did you was there anything that you you particularly gathered from your travel and trip you said you hadn't traveled before that right
1: I hadn't traveled prior to the month before when I went to London and Rome solo trip for, you know, a little while. Well, actually, it was just a week. Um, but
0: did you – I'm sorry. What was the question again? Did you, did you gather anything particular from that? Was there any kind of like, you know, quintessential life changing like, oh, this really affected me? Or was it kind of like uh- – Yeah. I mean, I I think that the power of entrepreneurship is
1: something that I learned, you know, that when we earn money, we can do really, really cool stuff with it. Um, You know, I went out there because. <clears throat> maybe two years ago after a big launch that I had, I, I had a school built in Guatemala through Pencils of Promise. And so it was my mom's Christmas present. And so for the following Christmas, that was her present to actually go, she, myself, and my niece to actually go to Guatemala and see the school. And so um, it showed me the power of of money itself, but and the impact that it can have. I also learned probably have a greater sense of appreciation because, you know, prior to the schools being built, the kids didn't have any running water you know? And so I think the school had been built a year before we went there, but it was still amazing to see the kids turn on the water and like splash their hands through it. Like it was like, it was a toy, you know? And it was like, wow. I mean, a year later, they still have this huge appreciation for the fact that water flows out of a faucet, Mm -hmm. you know? And coming home after that, because you see how people live, there's no like windows in their homes and all this stuff. And they kind of sleep on the floor and this and that, depending on you know where you're at there. Um, But like to come home to my house, it was like, Wow, that is an amazing juxtaposition of <laughs> you know <laughs> of living in poverty to you know where, you know, for the most part actually just period all of my needs are met you know yeah it's crazy like how did i get so lucky to to be able to live this way or somebody else lives that way but then again i mean you can have all the stuff in the world but people who are living poverty just might be more or happier than you are so it's really interesting how that works yeah
0: Yeah, it's like the whole stoic philosophy your perception is is everything you know i got i got to go i was in guatemala for a bit and did like uh made like water filters out of like these cement block things It was really really cool but it had the the same, same experience where it's just like the appreciation that the people have over these, these small things. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's so easy to become jaded by all the bullshit that we have in our lives that we end up, you know, it's like the disease of affluence. You know, you have yes. so much, you're just like, I just want more. <laughs> yeah. You, know,
1: you can't get there. Now, you know, I've actually found myself there, but you know what? I get a bigger kick out of than actually having stuff. Cause I have a lot of cool stuff. I get a bigger kick out of giving away my money. Yeah, I think that's so fun and just like contributing to different causes. And, you know, one of my big causes is the tuition assistance program at my high school because I went to Catholic high school and, you know, we didn't pay a dime for it because I was on tuition assistance and I didn't know this till later on in life. And then I made a decision that, you know, when I can afford it, I was going to go ahead and, you know, contribute to that cause. And so it's pretty cool, like, to go to the dinners every year and, you know, put up my paddle and make my donation, but also to hear from... The other students who receive tuition assistance and to hear their stories and to hear, you know, all the possibilities that have been created in their lives due to that contribution. And so I love it. I actually changed my goal the other day. I never tell anybody my goals, (laughs) but, you know, I had a goal that was kind of like a monetary goal. And I was like, you know what? This isn't really firing me up the same way. And Uh so it's like I'm going to contribute X amount of money to such and such causes. And that actually feels a whole lot better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Not that there's anything wrong with having stuff by any means, but you don't want to have stuff with the expectation that it's going to fulfill you because it doesn't, you know, I like high quality stuff. I like a high quality car that I'm not going to have to take to the, the, the mechanic every couple of months, you know what I'm saying? So it might cost a few more dollars, but it's not really about, Oh my God, I want to be seen. In this car because the Kardashians drive it yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah like that's that's not what does it for me at all it might have used to do it for me but honestly I can give two shits about that car to be honest
0: yeah I see this spilling over into our movement uh, practices and in, in Western culture and modern culture in general we're looking for the the effect Right. So you go to the gym for the bicep and for the six pack and you don't give a damn about the, the source of that. You know, so if you can find joy in your movement, if you can find joy in your work, then that the effects come, you know, but we end up freely focusing our energy on just what the money, you know, what the
1: bicep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got you. I find no joy in the movement, though, man, because this morning <laughs> I went to Orange Theory at 605 in the morning. You've been to Orange Theory. I don't know what that is. Orange Theory is like this kind of mm, it's a class where you do intervals on the treadmills big group class and it's like treadmills it's Um, rowing machines, and then there's weights. And you just kind of like, you do 25 minutes of intervals on the tread, then you do some rowing work, then you do some weights. And it's all like in blocks. It's like interval training. It is hard. There was no joy in that. The most joy I had was when the class was over. It was amazing. And then I go to yoga now. I go to yoga almost every day now. And, you know, I get a little bit of joy from that class as I improve, um, because that's the result, though. Um, but being in downward-facing dog isn't all that enjoyable to me. I'd rather be doing something else. But I stay because of the result and the progress. Yeah, yeah. And you, I might, I might learn to enjoy it. Who knows?
0: You ever heard the backstory of Bikram? No. All right. I would highly recommend anybody check out the the documentary on Bikram. on On it was like HBO special. He, uh I, I'm taking Bikram classes as, as of recent and they, it's like, I'm like, this feels a little cultish, you know, as, as I was doing it, I was like, I don't know about this, you know, and then I looked at Bikram and he's like full on, like kind of cult leader-esque and apparently like sexual predator and i don't know what i'm talking i just saw the hbo special but i would recommend it's very interesting for anybody
1: okay
0: i always (laughs) always get like
1: i don't know when someone says something's a cult i always go i don't know about that i'm not sure
0: what your definition
1: of a cult is like a cult is when you're there kind of against your will right you know what i'm saying um and they're cutting you off from your friends and your family and something like that. They don't kind of give you a way out. Like I I used to date a girl who was in a cult. And that was a real cult like they lived in a commune and they weren't allowed to go to outside schools and stuff like that and it was called the children of god like that's a cult you know what i'm saying and so when people say like bikram's a cult or landmark education is a cult i go i don't know if you know what a cult is (laughs) you know what i'm saying but um but um i've taken like hot yoga which is like an adaptation of um bikram yoga man it's hot in there it's so hot in there like it's it's cray it's so hot in there and it's like 90 minutes too and I, can, I have a hard time getting through that last 30
0: minutes like after an hour i'm just pretty much done all right so the cult the most insidious version of the cult would be the one that you are uh you're not aware of you know so just because the door's locked and you're inside there's like this is Definitely a cult <laughs> we kick it out, you know, but what about the cult that we're all you know majority of us are wrapped up in some degree of cult in the sense that we're being again occupied by these programs and we don't realize it that's the real that's the real danger the one and, and most people that are in these cults, even if the door's locked, they don't even realize it either. you know there takes some kind of realization of like, oh, God damn, I've been in a cult for the last six months, <laughs> uh, I guess I figure if I can cancel my membership I. <laughs> You know, if
1: I can call in, it's like, yo, I'm going to cancel or yeah, that's probably not a cult. But anyway, whatever.
0: But with, but with the mind, you know, so, so is there, um, I'm curious with, with your kind of like ability to get over, I, I heard you mentioned before that you had this, this kind of resistance around making money because it meant that you were like a jerk or something. If you had money, Yeah. is, <laughs> is there any kind of like actionable kind of some path that you, you took with that? Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh,
1: there was a couple of things that I learned. I read a book. Well, the first thing was that my friend Antonio sent me this audio interview with Dr. John D. Martini that really uh, changed my perception of money. Um, prior to that, you know I probably had 25,000 uh, YouTube subscribers at the time, which back then was a whole lot, and it might still be a whole lot now and so i had this huge following everybody's watching my videos but i was actually afraid to sell them anything like i was deathly afraid you know with the exception of like you know coaching that's pretty much it and so um my friend sent me that audio file and i just learned some things about money the fact that i didn't have a very high value on money and finances like i was always trying to get money but i was also always sabotaging myself every time and so you know when i really looked at the things that i valued in my life Um, I found that my top five, and those are like your highest values on your values ladder, um, didn't have anything to do with money and finances. Money and finances were really far down that ladder. And so the things that are high on your ladder are the things that really don't require any outside motivation. That's where your inspiration for it just kind of comes from within and you just do it. You know, it's just even when you're on a break, like people go say to me that actually this is on tomorrow's quote of the day show, but you know, the things that I do when I'm not working are the things that I do when I'm working because I like them. Right. However, with money, I always needed some outside motivation to make money. And whenever you're getting outside motivation to do something, it's very short-lived. You become dependent upon that outside motivation. And so whenever you have a goal, a conscious goal of creating more finances in your life, but it doesn't match up with the things that you value the most, it just means that it's not that important to you. And then what you're going to end up doing is sabotaging yourself over and over and over again. So what I had to do was an exercise that was going to um, show me how improving my finances was going to assist or benefit my highest values. So how is it going to benefit my family life? You know, write down 100 ways. Uh, How is it going to uh, benefit my health and my fitness? How is it going to benefit uh, my education? I can buy more books You know, whenever I want a book, I just go and buy a book. I don't think about like how much it costs or anything like that. I just go and buy a book. If I feel like I want to take a an online training program, like I signed up for the Robbins Madonna's training program, like I didn't have to think. It was like, oh, I want this. I value it, and I have money for it, so let's go ahead and do that. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, whether it be fitness. If you're a big fitness person, then you can buy. Healthier food. You can buy grass-fed steaks. You can buy free-range this and organic that, which costs a little bit more money. You can have a personal trainer. You can get massages every week, like I do. You can have a yoga membership and a, a Core Power membership and a, a, a Orange Theory membership. You know, you can just do whatever you want. Like you have all the options to stay fit, but you don't have those options when you don't have any money. Yeah. And so, by finding again how finances is going to benefit the things that you value most, then what happens is kind of lights a light fire under you. And one thing that I learned from Dr. Martini was that your finances are always going to be in direct reflection of the amount of service that you're giving, the quantity and the quality of the service that you're giving. And at the time, I'm going, wow, I'm doing lots of service here. You know, I'm helping a lot of people on YouTube. However, I had forgotten one side of the, the formula, we'll say. One side is, Finding someone to serve, and I'd done that. But the other side is to find something to sell to them, to create something to sell to them. And at the time, I hadn't really created anything to sell to them. And so when I got clear with that, and I got my goal to match with my values, that's when the skies were the limit. And no matter what anybody said to me, You know, I was still going to do what I was doing because when your values are down here and your friends and your family start talking shit about you or they start doubting you, you kind of bump into that obstacle. But since it's not that important, you go, okay, I'm just going to forget about it. I'm just going to kind of leave it alone. But when you value it highly, you're like, I don't care. I'm just going to keep plowing through. I don't care. Move on my way. And that's one of the reasons I don't share my goals with anybody, because when you share your goals with somebody, that allows them to inject their doubt and their haterism on you. And I don't even want to deal with it. So I just keep everything to myself and I just keep doing what I'm doing. And that's what I recommend that a lot of people do. Now, the other thing, forgive my long answer, no, it's great. is that I read a book called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I remember I picked it up at Barnes & Noble and I went to BJ's right after and I was having a beer and I was reading it and I was like, oh, my God, because it showed me why. I didn't have a high value on money. And he talked about you know some of the things that we hear when we're younger people, that rich people are greedy and that it's spiritual to be poor and that um, we have to play the lottery every week in order to, to get rich. Things like that that I grew up with, that became part of my paradigm when it came to finances. And there's just a lot of empowerment when you're aware of where it came from. You know, like when I have kids, not to diss my mom or my dad or anything like that, but when I have kids, I'm not going to put that programming into them. You know, my program is going to be like, hey, you got a service Oh, this avocado tree in the back? Well, you guys can take them and you can sell them to the neighbors, you know, and then we're going to take that money. We're going to get some stuff for you, but then we're also going to put some money away. And then we're also going to find a cause that we can contribute to, right, just out of gratitude and thanksgiving to the universe, you know, to pay this thing forward. You know, if I was raised like that, I would have had improved finances since I was a, a teenager, I'd have been balling. I'd have been the most balling ass teenager of all time, right? Because I knew, because I had that paradigm, I had that that teaching around money, finances, and how it can contribute to people in the world. Yeah. You know, money is a many amazing thing. Lisa Nichols says this, and then I'll stop talking. Mm-mm, don't stop. Money gives you access to greater memories. And that is real talk right there. Every trip that you've taken, I bet you can tell me stories all day about trips that you've taken and memories that you have. You can show me pictures that you have and all that stuff, right? Yeah. How would you get there? You had to pay some money to get there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, you know, money does curate or does give you access to greater memories. And so, you know, I just have dreams of like taking my family like across the world and just all of us my brother's got hella kids just taking all of us and just like going and just having fun like those are the memories i want to create and i hope that others want to create for themselves but you got to finance it because we can't wait to win a trip
0: somewhere we're gonna have to do it ourselves Mm -hmm. even though i just won a trip to maui a few weeks ago oh bam (laughs) maui is that's my that's my my home one of my i lived there for five years if you have nice uh, any interest in any kind of whatever references or whatever I got you? Um, when are you going to go out there? When are you going? It's July 1st through 8th. Nice, cool. Mm-hmm. That'll be my birthday too. I actually, uh, yeah. There's, there's, there's a, there's a chance I might be there because of the whole, the whole birthday situation. But anyways, um, yeah. Have you ever heard of something? The, uh, I mean, pro- you probably heard of, of parts of this, but the neuroscience of free will, you know, and and how our, uh, pretty interesting subject. Uh, but essentially that our, our decisions are made, uh, there's, there's kind of a little little lag time between when our brain cognitively fires the stimulus to grab a sip of tea and when I actually grab that sip of tea. You know, so essentially the question is like, do we have free will or are we all governed by this, this programming that we're operating on? And so anytime we're about to do something, there's this, the fireworks, the, the operations already happen in your mind. You know, but it's it's the rewriting of that. It's the navigating the ship part that I'm kind of curious about. You look you look a little dubious about that. Like, yeah, that's ridiculous, Eric. I think everything is bullshit
1: until it's like proven to me. I'm such a huge skeptic look on Look it.
0: I'm like whatever. Um,
1: <laughs> And so I think somebody read me like a horoscope and they're like, you're super skeptical. Da, 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 da. And I was like, no, I'm not. Really? And then, you know, as I was talking about the horoscope and the whole idea of it, and they're like, are you telling me you're not skeptical? That's exactly what you're doing right now. And I was right. like, oh, you made a really good point. Right. <laughs> Um I've, I've never, I've never heard of that. I don't know anything about that. So basically you're saying that the idea without my causing To drink water, Mm. it just comes out of the the sky, and it lands in my brain, and then I go grab cup and drink water. I wouldn't explain it exactly that way, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) So somebody has a remote control, and they're like, (sighs) give Sean the thought. Well, I kind of do believe that, because... You know, I feel like it's impossible to control our thoughts. Like our thoughts just come out of nowhere. It's like this crazy ticker tape, you know, that that kind of plays on the bottom of the screen on CNN or ESPN and just kind of goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. So I don't I never feel like we have a command of our thoughts. And so sometimes I do wonder where they come from. So maybe there is some like grand video game player up somewhere in the sky who is just like running
0: us or something like that. Maybe we don't have free will. I don't know. I'll probably have to read a book on it. I think it's that we're run by momentum. You know, and so if you if you're pushing a ship through the ocean, it's going in a direction and if you let go of the engine turn it off, it'll keep on going in that direction. You know, and I think that's how we are with our patterning. That's how we are in our movement patterns. If you let a person, you know, run, they got their valgus knees and their pronated foot and, you know, fill in the blank, they'll just Ouch. keep on doing that same crap over and over again until they have, you know, an ACL surgery. You know, oh, but what you got to do is you got to slowly try to change the compass, re-guide the ship, and now their momentum's going to go in a different direction. You know, and I think that's what we're, our operating systems in our mind are. We can craft the operating system. But if we mindlessly just kind of move through life, we'll just go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I, I tend not. Mm. Well, did you have a, a book on this that I could read? Probably. To add to the other 150 yeah, books that I need to
0: read, people are,
1: people are always like, "Can I send you my your, 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 your book?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> uh, <right. laughs> no, you can't." I have so many books to read; it's going to make me. I'm already frustrated. I'm always like, "Damn, I need three more hours every day so I can read more books." Yeah, you know, just like I always have so many books going on. But anyway,
0: Art of, Refl- Art, of Art of Reflections by Joe Campbell is one of my favorite books. Have you gotten into that one,
1: Joseph Campbell?
0: Joseph Campbell. Mythologist, Art of yeah. Reflections. No, no, no. I have a Joseph Campbell section over here. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: I buy way too many books. It's a problem. No, it's not My a problem. My massage therapist is over by Barnes and Noble, and I, I went in there last night with no intention to buy a book. You know what? I walked out with books and bags and all kind of stuff. It's, right. it's do, a damn do, shame. Do you read them? Um, I'm not going to read it anytime soon, yeah. to be honest. All right. Yeah, I, I bought the um, Power of Positive Thinking. You ever read that? I've
0: heard of it i don't think i've read that one
1: you know who i'm fascinated by tell me your audience is really gonna love this Absolutely. i am fascinated by donald trump right now He's totally a fascinating character <laughs> i'm so fascinated by him politics aside okay everyone before you email me mean stuff um politics aside he said I'm going to say whatever I want, and I'm going to do whatever I want to do, and I'm going to become president of the United States. He did that And too. every time you thought he was out, he just got more popular and more popular. And in that last week, you know, you can disrespect anything about Donald Trump, but you can't disrespect his work ethic because that last week, he'd be in like six states in one day. I would look up at the TV and be like, damn, Donald is in another, another state right now. It's crazy. And so I picked up his biography. Because um, I was like, man, this has got to be some weird law of attraction going on because the universe is just like, you know what? Um, you're down right now. You had this tape come out, this Access Hollywood tape. It didn't look too good. You're dropping in the polls. Here's this Comey FBI letter for you. <laughs> um, you know, it was, it was crazy how it worked. Here's a WikiLeak for you. Here's this. Here's that. And what happened was, wow, so I was like, I want to get into the mind of Donald Trump. And so I bought a biography. It's called Never Enough. And did you know that he and his father um, attended the church of Norman Vincent Peale, who Mm. wrote The Power of Positive Thinking? Mm. And actually, Norman Vincent Peale married Donald Trump and Ivana Trump. That was his first wife. You know, and so there's something up here, like thoughts become things, you know, our thoughts govern our circumstances. There's something up here in his mind that has been able to generate a lot of success, some failures, um, but also a lot of success for him. So I'm very curious about his, his mindset and how he's able to just create stuff out of his brain. It's crazy, you know, against all odds, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's the limiting belief and I'll let you go here cause we're at, so you got to go at 11 to 30, right? That's, that's, the... I don't
1: actually, no, I don't, I don't.
0: No. All right. Well, <laughs> Don't be honest. I'll keep you all day. Um, but uh, yeah, the um, what I have found in, in, in myself with that is that the, the feeling when I would have thought that as a man think if was, it was a ridiculous, you know, whatever, fru book was a time that I didn't believe. I kind of thought that people that have stuff and have things and have all that. It's just like, wow, that's just that's just for them. You know, that's just they got lucky, whatever it was, you know, but then as you start to create your reality you know and you start to have a little bit of empowerment at that you again you gain this momentum you know but it's mm-hmm. most yep. people have no momentum you know well, the they have no stopped. they have no momentum because they don't know where they're going right and it's hard to get momentum when you have no
1: destination when you're just living day to day and so when you have a destination when you're able to take uh Um, a thing or something that you want and you can punch it into your GPS it's much easier to get momentum as opposed to just staring at the GPS going I don't know where I want to go and most people are staring at the GPS this amazing universal GPS that will take you wherever you want to go if you're willing to deal with the bumps and the bruises, um, we just stare at it and we never push anything in because we have such a hard time deciding what we want. We live in a world of ambivalence. People are trying to run in 15 different directions at the same time. They have the inability to decide and commit to anything. You sit down for for dinner with somebody, it takes them 15 minutes to choose something off the menu. We have to become more decisive as just a a nation, as a people, as a world. And if not, we're not going to have the success that we want. In order to get what you want, you have to decide what you want. And if you don't, you won't get it. You're going to get something else. You're just reaching into the grab bag of life and going, okay, well, I'll just, I'll settle for this.
0: You don't want to settle with your life. You have to decide. You know I do know. yeah, that was the sound bite for the intro of the podcast by the way. that was I was I, I was hearing it. the I will let you go in a second the uh, with the GPS thing something something that I, f- I find to be really important in my life is the setting of the GPS and the way that I do set that GPS is really intentionally writing exactly what it is. I'm creating exactly what I, you know, what I'd like to be creating mm-hmm. in the next six months, in the next two months, the next one month, in the next day, in the next, you know, whatever. And I find mm-hmm. it to be incredibly empowering. Again, one of those things that you might find to be kind of frou-frou, you know, but when you really appreciate it, I think there's a lot of power in that. Is that something that well, you... Yeah, you've taken it from the spiritual world to
1: the material, physical world right. as soon as you've written it down, Right. you know. And we have to do more of that. I used to think it was, was foo-foo as well, but I write everything down, mm-hmm. whether it's on my idea board, which is in one of my rooms here, or if it's just simply on my goal card. But here's the problem. People don't write it down, and they don't even take the thought seriously because they don't know how they're going to do it. The how is none of your business when you decide and you start working toward it, the how will just kind of unfold for you along the way when you stay committed to it. Mm. And I think that's a huge problem that people have because, you know, I wrote about this in The One Percenter's Mind. When we're kids and we told our parents that, you know, we wanted to do something, our parents would say, not that I'm dissing parents by any means, you know, they did the best they could, but our parents would say, well, how are you going to do that? And you'd be like, shit, I don't know how I'm going to do that. So I better forget about it. Right. (laughs) And we just, we have the same mentality as we become adults, you know, um, And I think that we just have to put our trust and our faith in the universe or God or infinite intelligence or whatever you wanna call it. Because when you have that faith, just these weird things start to happen in your life. These little coincidences, these idiosyncrasies or synchronicities, I should say, I always screw those words up. And you just, people just start to show up in your life. You get invited places, events start to show up in your life and you're like, oh my God, it happens to me All of the time and the reason why it happens is because I've made a decision as to what I want to do and it's just like I put myself on another frequency and all the things and people and events that are on that frequency just can tend to attract themselves to me I could tell you stories all day about law of attraction stuff that'll blow your mind it's crazy
0: yeah yeah Yeah. a creative adult is a child that survived is one of my absolute favorite quotes and I like uh, that yeah it's a good one man and that's the thing is I think that we, we get we get our child, which has that unlimited belief of who, you know, our potential, which I think is just, you know, who we are, mm-hmm. it ends up becoming kind of muffled by all these filters of, of you know, limitation as we grow yeah. up. Yeah. So I wrote in my go, No, no,
1: no. Go on. Go, please. I wrote in my book, uh, as children, we shoot for the stars. As adults, we aim for the floor. that's exactly what we do, unfortunately. We have to stop doing that. We have to become more childlike. We have to use our imagination. You know, unfortunately, when we're in school and we use our imagination and we just kind of daydreamed, we were told to stop it, pay attention. And so our our imaginations were put into exile by our teachers when we were kids because we weren't allowed to imagine. You know, we were just told to pay attention, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. And we shut that faculty down, unfortunately. And we've lost sight of what it means to have a will. You know, your will is you're one of your greatest faculties, probably next to imagination. And that will is you put your mind to something to, you know, to the exclusion of all outside distractions, and we have a hard time doing that. We are in like a nation of distraction. That's what we love to do. We love to sit down and watch TV. We love to go to parties and bars and this, that, and the other. You know, my friend Michelle, she's um, been talking about writing a book. And so she was asking me about like how I write books and da, 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 da. I said, Michelle, the core of it is really simple. And it's something that a lot of people have a hard time doing. It's that you have to sit your ass down. hmm You have to sit down and you have to do it instead of being all over the place and doing this, doing that and taking Instagram pictures and trying to, you know, make this make believe life for yourself online. You have to sit your ass down and do it. But people have such a hard time doing that because they're so distracted with stuff that really isn't that important, you know, and so um, imagination. Well, again, that's all in the one percenters' mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The pay attention (laughs) thing. I'm sure you're familiar with Alan Watts, the book. Yeah, I haven't read a story. Read a story. Oh, man, yeah. he's he's like he's the sexiest man alive, in my opinion. Or well, sexiest man dead, actually. <laughs> in my opinion. Um, you know, but one of the things that he he gets into with the, the paying attention is the contraction that manifests as a product of our forced paying attention. You know, when mm-hmm. when you're allowed yourself that that spaciousness, that openness to really receive, that's when you're your true embodiment of yourself. But we're mm-hmm. we're kind of trained to. <laughs> Pay attention. Look harder. Mm-hmm. Th- you know, and what mm-hmm. that ends up doing is it ends up, it closes us off. Yeah. You know, but most of us are holding our fists and we don't effin realize it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, I don't know any different. I just had, this is just my fist. This is my hand. Yeah. You know, but yeah. it's that, again, it's the cult. It's the insidious cult. The one that we're not, yeah. we're not familiar with.
1: Mm -hmm. Anything you create in your mind with your imagination, you can turn into a physical thing. That's that's the beginning of everything you see around you, whether it be your headphones, whether it be the microphone that you're using, whether it be the Swiss ball behind you or the massage table. It was a thought in somebody's mind before it became a physical thing. And it's like that for everything. Everything around you is a thought that somebody had. And I think that really basic principle is something that we always forget. Somehow we think that it just got here. You know, but it didn't just get here. Somebody had to create it and they had to make a decision. They had to commit to it. They had to hold it with their will and they had to keep on rocking it until it was
0: done. And that's the creative process right there. Bam. Boom. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks so much, man. Where, where do people learn more about all your, all your, all your things? Where people find um,
1: you? SeanCroxton.com and i'm like at sean croxton for all my social media stuff and i have a new podcast called the quote of the day show which people seem to really really like where i take a, a five to mid, ten minute clip from a motivational talk and i turn into a podcast and so that has been pretty pro- popular
0: the last uh, month or so cool. and uh that's it thank you very much yeah i appreciate it man um thanks for thanks for doing what you're doing inspiration all that stuff um yeah, hopefully you get to get to see in the San Diego. I'm gonna be, like I said, passing through those parts and if you have any interest, you do you do massage therapy and all that stuff. I do rolfing, structural integration, body work, all those things. Law of attraction. See, I was just talking about rolfing the other day. How
1: oh, really? I wanted like to hire somebody to do some rolfing oh, for good. me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've read a couple of Ida Ross books. I was oh. just talking about that three days
0: ago. Man, she's a heavy duty lady, man. She's really she's way bigger. She so she kind of shielded herself from um potentially being perceived as woo or frou-frou but she was pretty a pretty woo out there lady and then she was really grounded in all the science and such but that was that was only the part that she allowed people to to know about her but her perception is this conversation is right down her alley she was Hmm. she was all about it you know and that's i I got that from learning from her teach people that her students were my teachers and so i got to have like all the inside tips of it anyways but yeah so i'd I'd love to come down there and, and uh show you what to do for sure that works all right cool Thanks, brother. Appreciate no it. Problem. I will um, keep you posted when this goes out. And uh, yeah, it was really, really fun getting to talk. That was that was. Likewise. 70%. What's the name of the, the podcast again? I'm sorry. A Lion Podcast. I think you get oh, a my. kick out of it if you if you get a chance, and I won't be offended because you don't listen to podcasts. But um, <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing on the, on the introductions of, of each episode, most of them. Um, I'll do a little bit for like Richard Feynman or Ida Rall for Tim. Le- or some somebody will be saying something, and then I, don't know, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Okay. All right.
1: I will look. I will check it out. Check for, that uh, out. Five minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> five minutes. All right. Cool. All right, All right Dan, have a Good
0: day. See you, brother. Bye. Chill. Bye. <laughs> podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I greatly appreciate your comments and your shares in iTunes. They determine the ranking and the visibility of the show and they make me smile. So I look forward to reading those guys. Be sure to check out the website aligntherapy.com that's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com on there you can find my blog, you can find this podcast, more information about the topics and the the, uh, guests that we've had on the show. You can find hundreds of absolutely free instructional videos on self care, functional movement, how to get strong, how to get fast, how to get exactly what you want out of your body as well. Be sure to check out the self care kit where it is as small enough to fit underneath the seat in your car. And it's like a physical therapist, a massage therapist, all wrapped up into one package. I know you guys are going to love the website. I know you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. And I look forward to hearing your comments. All right. Bye.